And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 388 of This Old Marketing for Friday, August 11th, 2023. And with me, as always, as he always is, my pal, my colleague, and a guy whose chances of winning the Apple Buys Disney bet are sinking just about as fast as Ron DeSantis' presidential campaign, Mr. Joe Polizzi. (laughs) It's, first of all... Hi, how are you? I'm First of well. all, yeah. it's the other way around, and we'll talk about this. Uh, <laughs> we'll but the one that. thing, no, the one thing about DeSantis that I didn't realize, and you and I listened to the latest Pivot podcast. That's right. Frank Luntz was on. I didn't realize that at this point in any presidential campaign, uh, somebody, you know, Trump is so far ahead that that has never been usurped ever. So. Right. So if Trump does not get the nomination, it's the first time a lead of that magnitude will have gone away. And I guess, what is it, like 43 to 17 or something like that? It's it's insane. It's insane. And and I think, you know, that his audience, his constituency, his followers, whatever you want to call them, are they're locked in, right? I mean, they are locked in. It does not matter. And and I think it's really interesting because – what also what he was talking about, you know, with regard to it's also, by the way, the first time that we've got the front runner for uh, the president of the United States on the Republican side or any side um, for the candidacy anyway, uh, under three indictments. So, yeah. well, but, but each one, it doesn't obviously. If you are a Trump supporter at this point, you're going to be a Trump supporter no matter what. Oh yeah, what. of course, it doesn't matter, right? That's my point. Is that is that three indictments later, four indictments might even help. Yeah. yeah, every time there's an indictment, he's in the news more. It helps. What I think is interesting, and I don't know, maybe maybe you brought this up, where it said that basically it's a dead heat between Biden and Trump right now, something like forty three, forty three, yeah, something like that, and then you have the the other, all the other people in, that's not currently on one side don't like either party. They don't right. like Biden that's and right. they don't like Trump. But it seems that that group, if they come out to, to vote, dislike Biden a little bit less. Right. So that's why they're saying that Biden will win because these people that hate both of them will say, oh, OK, well, I hate both, but I'll both vote for Biden if they go to the polls. That's, that's a big right. gift, too. I, a lot of people I, I've heard just don't want to even vote. If those are the two choices. Yeah, I've, I've heard that as well. And and <clears throat> boy, do I think that's dangerous. Um, oh, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm very concerned. This is, you know, not that we're talking about AI right, in sure. this episode, as we seem to talk <laughs> about everyone. But I am, I'm a bit concerned with the amount of particular news that might come out or deep fakes or... You know, when people see something, if they're only getting it from one news source and they automatically believe it, and because of how quickly you can create content today with the help of artificial intelligence, yeah, it, it's going to get well. I think going to get it, concerning. I, you know, I actually don't worry about AI in this particular case. I worry much more about the human created 
spin. And I mean, we'll get to this one when we get to my rant. Um, you know, the the it's not the complete lie or the complete truth, right, on either side. It's that where it's something in the middle, right? But the way that it's positioned in the content and that spreads through social media is what spreads fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And sure. I mean, I'll, I'll get to this in, in great detail when I talk about um, uh, what happened to Zoom this week, but in my rant, but it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's just, it's fascinating, I think, what is going on right now in the media. And I don't mean the media, mainstream media, although that's happening too, but, the, but looking at the way that we all, the, the consumers, the, you know, everybody are sharing their, everything comes with a point of view. There's a, there was a research study. I wish I had found it before our show. Um, I didn't even know we were going to talk about this. But of course. That, yeah. We, you have to be ready for these things. Yeah. Robert, there's a great research study up. that <laughs> it just came out that talked about how the way that people share social media, if you, sh it's almost a foregone conclusion that you that people, when they share news, put a spin on it, like they put their opinion into it, right? And sure. and, and so it, you can't just share the facts, right? You're sharing your you're sharing an opinion or a spin on that particular news um, as you as you. Share. Oh yeah, like if you so yeah, I mean we saw it during the election with if somebody shares something about Trump, they'll say, "Can you believe this guy?" Or you say, right. "How about this guy?" I mean, right. it's That's you know. Right. You're 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 telling people right away which way you'd like exactly. it to go or which exactly. way your position. Sure, exactly. So yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I and, and you're right. It is not the the as far as I can tell, uh, the AI is not doing this by themselves yet. No, well, yeah, which, there's that. There is a yeah, human there. being behind this process, but <laughs> it, but it's be, it, yeah. it's the ability to use these tools so much easier. Yeah. Um, whereas. Uh, when was it? I can't remember when it was the last election when they had that or, or they did it. It was Obama where somebody did a, did a deep fake on it and you couldn't tell the and yeah. it took that person a long time to create that. It was That's not right. an easy thing. No, now it's easier now. Yeah, it's That's very easier. that can be done very, very quickly. I mean, just yeah. with the, the some of the designs that Mid Journey can do oh, almost sure. instantaneously taking somebody's. Uh, face or body or whatever and putting into into an image it's yeah it's really really incredible how quickly yeah. that can happen so well and there i think there's still people that do that yeah I'm pretty <laughs> sure there are, there are humans somewhere well, speaking of misinformation um i think we probably got 50 or 60 notes <laughs> from people this week um sending us the link to the hollywood reporter article so thank you by the way we love oh, yes getting, well, we first love of getting all the, the, our the audience notes. our yeah. audience is the best audience <laughs> because on they it. know <laughs> what's important they're 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 just literally poking the bear they're just like you know this this is what we want you guys to fight about <laughs> <laughs> please so yeah what what was this uh what so, was this well, article should i yes. should i bring it up yeah sure bring it up should i mean why not we bring you it know, up let's it's not really one of the stories up. that we're talking about in no, any depth but by the way look at this look at this takeover ad uh that um I didn't even know the show Yellow Jackets, but now I do because you can't go anywhere on the Hollywood Reporter site without right. seeing Yellow Jackets and this yep. promotion. I didn't know about it, but I feel which, by the way, like just I want so, to now. Yeah, just so you know, this is this is what they call uh, in Hollywood uh, what they call an ego ad, right? Because 
Hollywood Reporter's audience has nothing to do with the audience of Yellow Jackets, right? This is all basically feeding the egos and really the of the agents of the you know the the, the equivalent. By the way, is when you have so many manufacturing companies I know they would buy a billboard on the route uh, that the CEO took. To, from one of their distributors or one of their retail partners that the CEO would take to, to work just so that they would see that they were marketing. Um, and so this is the equivalent of that, which is basically taking out an ad in The Hollywood Reporter so that you basically, all the agents, all the actors, all the directors, all the, all the people involved sure. go, oh, they're, they're proud of us. They're, they're, we're, we're so proud. We're well, so it's proud. almost like in the movie Dave, where he's trying to cut the budget, and he talks to the guy <laughs> exactly. that's in charge. It's in charge of making people feel about their U.S. auto purchase. Yeah, and they, exactly. they have an advertising yeah. campaign. It's like, so you want to make people feel better about the about car, a car that, that they've already bought. bought? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's actually it's actually a smart move. <laughs> like I agree with that. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. But but totally totally get that. I'm interested in this because of an all female cast. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm totally. It's a cool totally show. This, it's a, no, you it's a you just show. don't see that often show. enough. It's yeah. a good show. Oh, you have, you've show. watched it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen it. I have not. I'm not a follower of it, or I'm not a. But I have seen episodes of it. The first season I watched uh, quite a bit of, um, and then have not really wow. continued on with it. See, you I know, haven't a, had Showtime show. since I was since I was like eight years old, and then tried to unscramble. You know, you had the key with the thing, and I tried to unscramble it when. <laughs> That's that's that was what I, you know, my first exposure to Showtime. Uh, yeah. So, oh, okay. anyways, your yeah. point that this yeah. article has a lot of truth to it. No, what my my point about? is is that this article is complete bullshit. But you know, but, but <laughs> come on, <laughs> it is. Oh. So, anyways, for so for people who can't see, yeah, what are we talking about here? We're talking about the Hollywood Reporter and some very intrepid reporter there uh, in the business news, um, and then. Artist, by the way, who should be very proud of their their work here. Uh, just ridiculous. Um, the headline is a Disney sale to Apple. Don't count it out this time. And it goes through an argument, uh, uh, both an audio and text, by the way, goes through an ar- argument about why the thing is going to happen, right? That why Apple yeah. um, is destined to buy Disney. Well, I mean, we'll get to this in a little bit. We're going to talk about Disney at some length when we talk about their earnings report and ESPN and Barstool Sports and a couple of that sure, sort of yeah. thing. But Big but, Disney episode, my favorite yeah, topic. But basically, uh, you know, just as, just as part of our little chit-chat round here, the, uh, it, it is – it's just more so I, I don't know if it was a slow news day um, there were they were trying to put some custom content up for the yellow jackets folks or whatever but this is just uh, it's it, a, it look it's, at if you if you weren't so set on your position and you just came into this without having a particular attitude one way or another this absolutely makes perfect sense it doesn't Iger, it doesn't it's Iger the same old arguments Dis- no 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 Disney is not going to be the Disney of today in the next three years. I agree you can with that. absolutely see the divestiture that. of many of the. I mean, you could you could also see the fact that he's going to most likely split into like Disney parks and Disney streaming or 100%, whatever. Hundred percent, I can agree with that. Yeah. So, Apple buying a portion of Disney is is likely to happen. I would say likely. So I think this is definitely going to happen. If that were the argument, I yes. would buy it. 
But the argument across all these media platforms seems to be, ah, well, they'll use their $200 billion of cash that they have laying around to buy Disney for $110 or $120 or $130 billion. That's not going to happen. That's the argument, right? No, no, no. That's not the argument. That's not the argument because it's clear now that Disney as – the, well, the whole entity will not be the Disney we know it. We know I don't it's think going that's to be clear. sold in parts. I, I don't think that's certainly not clear in the articles that I'm reading. It's certainly not clear in this article. It's, it's, I mean, in this article, his argument, it talks article, about the divestiture of already many of the parts. <laughs> yeah. His, it's, his, his point, which, which, is, which is where it gets to silliness, his point is that the streaming network is actually doing much better, therefore, and that they're cleaning up all this content, therefore Apple will want to buy that Plus more, yeah, and 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 th- th- uh, no, it's not. That's well, not going to happen. Okay, here's where here's where we can agree. This is what I think is funny is we had this conversation almost ten years ago, and I we have to find the the episode where we talked about it, where we sort of predicted that the big media companies of the future would be the would be big tech. And we talked yeah, about how, I th- what was it? I think one of us oh, made a prediction gosh. in our prediction episodes that the majority of Emmys or Oscars yeah. in the future would like be Amazon, seven, Apple. Ago, yeah. 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 And now that's obviously true. become true. That's right. And I love this. Actually, let's put up this chart because um, this is interesting. Uh, where you, it talks about big Hollywood, small fish for M&A. And you, you, they talk about the big players. And the biggest two players are Apple and Amazon. Apple, $2.8 trillion market cap. Amazon, $1.45 trillion. And then you've got Netflix, which is relatively small in comparison to $200 billion. But right. all these other media players, including Disney, they're just also RANs now. And you're going to start seeing more and more consolidation. And it's just going to be the big three or four. And this, this is what concerns me, and that maybe this is the bigger issue, and it has really nothing to do, I want to get your take on it, it has yeah. nothing to do with Disney and Apple. It's the fact that we're going back to ABC, NBC, CBS. You've talked about this before. You're only going to have three or four sources for the majority of content being created on the planet, and it's a little disconcerting. That that's the way that we're going, and I, but I don't see. I, I mean, granted, you're going to have more outlier content creators, and we've already seen more than ever before. But if you look at the majority of mainstream content, it's going to be three or four companies creating that, and that that's concerning, right? Should we be concerned? Should we be doing something about this? Well, you know, if what you <laughs> well, I didn't know you were going to go there, Joe. I had a whole show <laughs> list of other articles to talk about, so thank you for that. Yeah, I, I, you know, here's what I'll, I'll say. I think when we start thinking about this from a content perspective, I am bullish on the, uh, the idea of multiple small. You know, there will be a very the, the big and the very small, right? I don't, you know, I think it's it's very hard to be sort of big right now and in the future, right? It's just hard to scale. Um, at a certain point, you get to it, you know, you get to a certain point, and then you need to become huge. So to your point, if you look at the number one and the number two, and then you go down, then it's, you know, because it's just a hard business to maintain profitability. And again, we'll talk about this in just a moment when we talk about uh, Disney and its earnings. But the idea is, is that you're at, you know, Netflix is bumping into the ceiling right now, right? They either need to get really big, or 
figure out a way to draw enough profitability to grow. It's very hard to grow organically once you get to a certain point. So you have to grow sort of horizontally, right? You have to grow, um, you know, basically with other, you know, with other platforms. Um, because you just can't grow the audience. There's just not that many people with credit cards, right? There's just you get uh -huh. to a point where you've saturated your market. And so the only place to go is horizontally to other places. And that's what, you know, that's you can argue that's maybe what Amazon has to do if they want to grow it. You can argue that that's what Disney is trying to get rid of because they've gone too wide. You can argue that uh, that some of the other ones haven't gone wide enough. This is the big problem that obviously Warner Discovery is having right now is that they have too much stuff that is saddling them with too much cost and it's just doesn't it's not profitable so it's just really difficult at that at that level what it's not difficult at is the small like small businesses so i actually am rather heartened and that may be a fundamental shift in the media business full stop to to think that small and medium-sized media companies kind of are the future ultimately right and and maybe the the big conglomerates are going to go through a major disruption i i haven't put enough thought into it to really come to a conclusion on that where i worry to your point where i worry is in journalism right i worry in the hard news and journalism where that ecosystem is becoming only available to that which big com big media companies can fund it right so uh that 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 that's a little worrisome and and it would be interesting and we've talked about this a gajillion times on the show as well which is when will someone a brand product etc from a content marketing perspective start stepping up and funding full-on journalism right when, where you know at, either at the local yeah. level or the national level so anyway I've, well what you say is absolutely true i but i want to point out that Apple and Amazon on this list that we're looking at of the largest media companies on the planet, they are so big because they are not uh, dependent on a media business model. And that's the right. other ones are. And that's, that's right. why you said that Netflix is going to keep bumping into it. Yeah, they will if they keep their existing business model. And the only way for them to go, if they want to become behemoth, which they probably do, stockholders want that, is to change their product mix and go and actually create products. Exactly. So if you so that's what I'm saying is look at our look at the content marketing case studies out there even that we talk. Oh, look at Red Bull and look at Aero Electronics. Well, what do those have in they they don't have to rely on making significant amounts of money from the media that they create. Well, Amazon, right? I mean it's the yeah. at the tectonic scale, this is Amazon, right? It's Amazon, you know, if you if you just do the very simple math of the subscriber numbers versus their you know how much money they make and how much money they spend on content it's it, if that business was by itself it wouldn't make they would they would go bankrupt i mean it was just it wouldn't it doesn't work the math doesn't work with as much money as they spend on content versus how yeah. much they get by their subscribers but to your point it's a marketing thing right the, yeah. the entirety of amazon prime video is all about selling more prime memberships so That's if you right. put it into the context of the entire business then it then it makes perfect sense as a subsidized marketing program and this i would i would say the same thing as for apple yeah. To keep in same keep thing. in contact yeah. and grow relationships with those people that have Apple Plus TV, so that they can sell them more other stuff at a higher margin and continue to grow. That's so, right. and, and I think that's where 
<laughs> that's where if you get back to the original point of Apple buying Disney, Dis- Apple is in the media business because they're shaping culture, which also ultimately gets people to buy more of their stuff. And what shapes culture better than Disney content? Not much. Not much. No. And so that, that's that's yeah. the really re- that's the reason why they, you could throw all the revenue and profit numbers out the window when it comes to Disney content. They just want the content. Sure. But it only so. makes sense as if they don't feel like they can get it. In other words, they they for for Apple, it, it makes sense only if they feel like it would go away. In other words, if they if, if they feel like there is something that that wouldn't. So, in other words, the only reason I could see them buying it is if they thought somebody a competitor, but there is no competitor who's going to buy Disney. Um, and so, I don't see them buying it because they don't need to. They can get the content. They they can they don't have to own it. They, you know, for them, it can be literally just licensed content. They don't, I don't, they don't have to own it. Well, if Amazon would come in, which would be another likely buyer, maybe just take that maybe. out. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. look at, I mean, Nvidia. Look, at, I mean, anyone, any of these big, multi-billion-dollar, almost trillion-dollar. I mean, Nvidia is a trillion-dollar market cap too. Where they have the funds that they can buy that for their own nefarious purposes. So you've got a list of three or four companies that could buy it without thinking about it that they could profit from in some way, maybe yeah. to your point, to keep it away from their main competitor. I don't know. Anyways, we talked <laughs> anyway. about that enough. But I think the point, the point, <laughs> the point is, is that this is a not only a, a small probability, but a likely happening yep. that Apple will purchase some point of Disney. And I'm glad that you've really come down to it. It, 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 it feels like it, it feels like you're wearing me down, but you're really not. So just, <laughs> I think you are. You're yeah, just getting yeah. tired of it. Yeah, you're getting maybe. so tired of it. And I'm not. Well, let's I'm just let's segue tired. to our actual main story here. Let's let's uh, let's let's segue that because it's a nice segue here because there's actually a lot to talk about in terms of what happened this week in the news um, with regard to Disney profit as well as an acquisition um, or a divestiture or both, if depending on how you look at it. So. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Let me just explain what what we what we're talking about here. So the first thing is that we're going to link to in the show notes will be a a a, uh, a note from Ad Age, um, which is basically how Disney their earnings basically they've crushed it. Uh, this this thing and they've they've sort of beat estimates when it comes to the online video operation, which of course is the streaming platform now. We could talk about this in just a second because both you and I, when we were in the pre-show, we're talking about this. It's like, yeah, there's a lot here, right? You know, cost, cost cutting will do this. You know, get rid of a bunch of titles will do this. An actor strike will do this. A writer strike will do this. So we actually predicted that they were going to like really look good. It may have come a little sooner than than uh, than expected. Yeah. But then secondly, the more interesting sort of to our marketing and content marketing uh, sort of sensibilities was, and we'll put this up, there's a couple of different things to put up here, a Twitter thread as well as a Yahoo Finance article. So we've talked about Barstool Sports here, I don't know, for years and their yeah. various adventures and, and whatnot. And there was an interesting deal struck uh, this week, which is that ESPN and Penn Entertainment, which owned Barstool Sports, uh, they have struck a $2 billion sports betting deal. So Disney's getting into the online gambling game. Um, However, the founder, I think I'm getting that right, the founder, Dave Portnoy of Barstool Sports, buys back the company. We can argue whether he bought it back or whether Whether, they just... Yeah, we don't know whether he bought it back, but he has it now. Yeah, they shoved it back in his face and said, yeah, you take this. 
Um, and so basically, they announced this blockbuster deal this week where basically ESPN, uh, the sports book, will make Penn uh, the sort of designated sports book for ESPN. Uh, where they'll have mobile sports books, and basically they'll give $1.5 billion over the next 10 years while granting ESPN warrants to purchase 31 million shares of Penn worth $500 million, which will vest over the same period. So basically ESPN or Disney in this case uh, will be, you know, basically starting to acquire. In the gambling Yeah, they're going to start to acquire this company. Um, And so we'll see if they acquire it completely or not. Um, and the, interestingly, the analysis that we've seen, some of the other analysis that we've seen about whether or not Portnoy basically bought the company back or was, you know, like given the company back, yeah. was basically based on some of the, uh, let's call them, you know, not so regular, irregular moves that uh, Barstool Sports was, was uh, you know, was known to make and maybe a little loosey-goosey with the rules and whatnot. And so ESPN, it was figured, was eh, maybe a little uncomfortable with that relationship. And so basically said, yeah, we want you, but get rid of the Barstool Sports thing. So it's yep. fascinating. What, what, so you follow this world a lot closer than I do. What do you, what do you think about it? Well, so first of all, just a little background. Dave Portnoy did an amazing job as a content creator, built this media conglomerate that became yeah. Barstool Sports. Uh, very uh, crazy personality behind it. And Barstool was was Dave's personality where he does pizza reviews and he's sure. very much yeah. in your face and does the opposite of what a lot of people think that he should do. Um, so that's great. And, and did and, and ultimately, I think uh, if you if you add it all up, Penn paid like five hundred million dollars yeah. for Barstool Sports. And then this basically ESPN now wants to get into the gaming business. I think Penn's in 15 or 16 states, That's which right. will soon be 50. They'll have all 50 states and then they'll go international. Yeah. Um, so this is a bet on online uh, a sports book, yeah. online sports book gambling going worldwide. It already has. Uh, but ESPN and Disney wants their taste of it. My take is when this deal was done in whatever it was, 18 or 19 with Penn and Barstool, that if gambling was as far along as it is now, ESPN would have been the choice for Penn. And that, that would have happened yeah. way earlier. Yep. But Agreed. ESPN owned by Disney, a little skittish. I don't know where this is going. It, it, you know, we don't want to taint the, the ESPN brand or the Disney brand, if you will. So they weren't available at the time. So Penn goes to Barstool and Barstool is all in. And they have, um, they were... Uh, they had a good portion of that online gam- gambling population ready to go. They were the first movers in this thing. So now, you know, Penn sees this and and ESPN sees this and say, "Hey, like, hey, hey, hey let's just let's just move Dave to the side. <laughs> we'll give him yeah, give him back right. Barstool." Uh, it, I'm under the assumption with the way it worked is the last payment was like 300 some million dollars that Penn was supposed to pay Dave and whoever owned Barstool for full rights. I'm under the assumption that they just said, hey, instead of us just making that last payment or instead of, you know, right. let's That's just right. we'll just give you this for the same value. How about that? Right. Or whatever we'll the, the company back. was. We're just, yeah, just give the company, give the company back. back. Yeah. So I think the traffic is something like. 8 million of the monthly traffic is going to Barstool and 190 million is staying with what will be ESPN bet. Um, But I think the bigger issue here 
So first of all, I think this is a really good, smart decision for the ESPN brand. And at the same time, it it's incredibly saddening to me. Like it's from a business standpoint, I oh, think really? this is the right move. But the fact oh, that because oh, because it's the fact the that gambling. online gambling yeah. is just become so yeah. pervasive. Yeah, I know. I know how you um, feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 so easy for I mean, we're you know, we're teaching our kids to get right into social from social media at a, at a way too yeah. young age. And now they can go right into online gambling. And they're they're I know a lot of kids that get involved in this at 15, 16, 17 yeah. or even yeah. earlier at some points. This is going to be one of the biggest uh, problems in our well, in of our time in the next few years, because you you're going to have a whole generation that gets hooked on, on gambling, and with it's so easy to get access to these things. I don't know where it's going to go. Well, so here's yeah, I got a, so I got a question for you because yeah. when I read about all of this and spent some time with it uh, last couple of days, the question that I kept asking myself was: so there's no way that Iger doesn't know about this, right? That 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 this I mean, because this has to have been in the works for more than just the last few days. Oh yeah, so, so he there's knows. no way he, that Iger been, doesn't. He's been involved. He's been on a meeting or two. I, I got to imagine, right? Yeah. You know, nobody spends this much money or this much money doesn't change hands sure. without him knowing about it. But then you put that into the context of what has been happening at ESPN, which by all accounts is basically getting the company ready for jettisoning, right? Just set, you know, sure. set, setting the boat on fire and sending it out into the ocean kind of a thing to try and sell it for parts. And, you know, and, and basically getting it profitable and getting the, you know, get, getting rid of a lot of the talent and, and laying off a bunch of people and, and all the things that they did. How does that square? I mean, does it, does it, do, do you feel like Disney and Iger could be basically building, you know, sort of re, I guess, rebooting ESPN to be more attractive for sale with this? Like, you know, it's not really Disney wanting to get into online gambling, but rather Disney just sort of like trying to build ESPN into something that is actually much more saleable, therefore getting much more profit, therefore yeah. sort of helping helping Iger sort of jettison it off a little smooth, more smoothly. I, I, well, anyway, what do you think it's about a, that? No, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a really important question. And my um, unintelligent take on that is the fact that if you put your perception aside that Disney's a media company for a second. Yeah. And if you looked at all of the assets that they have right now, you would say light in product, heavy in content. So as, as I mentioned all the time, when you look at, a, at any media company, you look to right size the business where you can at any particular moment. And at this moment in time, they're way too heavy in content. So they're, they're, Luckily, the writer's strike and the actor strike is helping them pull back on those investments in content. And they are saying, OK, well, we are light in yep. product areas. And yep. what's the fastest growing product area on the planet right now in sports? Online gambling, sports booking, sports book. So let's say, say, OK, great. We're going to pull back on a lot of this content creation because a lot of it in many cases is unnecessary. And we are going to then get into this product business, which may ultimately be the most profitable thing that Disney ever does. Yeah. Which is yeah. sad yeah. and true at the same time. So they are recreating the entire Disney brand around where people's where, where's all the money going. Yeah. So that that's my take. I, I think that if you, if you just took a step back and say, Disney is no longer a media company, their content is only there to drive 
product sales of something, it, ESPN now makes perfect sense as a brand because every piece of content that they now create can be tied to the generation of revenue, not in the form of advertising or subscriptions, <laughs> but, but in the book. form of yeah. gambling. Yeah. Yeah. Good Which, point. Hurts basically, my heart, yeah. man. No, no, right? It yeah, does, basically, the, they're building the a digital model. Look yeah. what Stake has been able to do in the online uh, yeah. gambling. They're turning world. ESPN. They, ba- what you're what you're saying is they're turning ESPN basically into a giant sports book. That's right? exactly right. Yeah, and that's what will happen. And if you see now, we talked about Twitch on this show. So Twitch came out. Twitch owned by Amazon. Mm-hmm. They came out with the edict that they said there no more gambling content on the platform. So what's happened is, is that Stake, who's the uh, who's this big online betting company, billion dollar, I think they're Saudi backed and all sorts of money in that whole thing. Yeah, they bought Kick, which is a Twitch competitor. <laughs> Again, it's a content marketing right. play, right. and they get them to go talk about and all those Twitch content creators who are talking about gambling have moved over to Kick. And I've seen, I don't know if you've seen the news on that, but Kick is really starting to take off because of the gambling content. And that flows right into, oh, and then you can just use our product. Yeah. So it's it's getting a little nuts when yeah. it comes to that stuff. So fascinating. Uh, yeah, fascinating. I mean, this is I mean, and then the in the broader scope of the uh the other thing that made me think of, and then we can move on to our next story here, which is uh interesting as well. But the the it made me think of the actors and the writer strike, which is I, my my feeling, my gut feeling on this is that the the ultimate conclusion of whenever these both strikes end are they're going to win the actors and writers are going to win what they want but they're ultimately going to lose they're going to lose the war because of this because the amount of product getting created because of the cost involved and the cost increases so they'll win but who's going to win it's going to be the upper 10%. The 99%. 50, yeah. The uh, 90%. I'm sorry, the, the 1%, not the 99 that Correct. are going to get hurt. It's basically yes. the upper the upper echelons of both unions will will win um, and the lower will lose because the amount of product that's going to get just cut because of cost. So it, it's going to be a win-lose, basically. So it'll be interesting to Well, and, and also, watch. I mean, I, you know this better than I do, but when you if you look at most of the people that are being affected by both of those strikes, they're people oh, making less than $20,000 yeah, a year. 100%. It's the middle tier, right? It's the, it's, that, it's the big, messy middle tier of both, right, which are uh, working actors and working writers who are making a living but not a killing. Uh, yep. In the business, you know, those that were then the sort of wannabe status already had jobs of some kind. It's already had some sort of sort of day gig. But it was that, you know, it was um, uh, what's his name or their name, actually, uh, forgive me, uh, that uh, they came out and said, you know, they've already starved me out of my house. I, I can't remember. They just won a, uh, a an award of some kind. Uh, 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 not Billy Porter. Yeah, Billy Porter. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, Billy Porter came out and said they've, they've already started. He's they've already had to sell their house. So yeah. Anyway, it's crazy. So yeah, all right, uh, all right. We're moving on now to yeah. our next story here, which comes courtesy of Digiday. So speaking of right sizing businesses, well, let's talk about podcasting. Uh, the Digiday article starts out by saying why some publishers are now reducing their podcast slate to try and regrow their audio business. Uh, from Spotify to NPR, podcast networks have cut their slate of shows. For some podcasters, reducing the number of shows they produce is a part of a strategy to refocus their audio business on flagship prod- podcasts to grow the listeners and the revenue. 
We do see value in putting more emphasis on the franchises and core IP that have the potential to flourish and narrow our focus a bit in that context, said a podcast executive who traded anonymity for candor. (laughs) (laughs) Fun way to put that. All right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. This hard-hitting Digiday news. Okay. (laughs) Basically, NPR's podcast team has focused its efforts on fewer podcast shows launching a limited-run series within popular podcast feeds so as not to split its teams and listeners across multiple shows. And The Athletic has cut some of its smaller soccer club podcasts to put more resources into its flagship shows. The article goes on to talk about this a little longer and how NPR has really consolidated theirs. The Athletic has consolidated theirs. And it seems to be, you know, I mean, this is, we we talked about this with Disney and with Netflix and a bunch of companies that have cut their shows for cost purposes, but uh, now it seems to be hitting the, the podcast world. It makes perfect business sense, right? Doesn't it? I, I think it does. Well, probably too much product you, on the market, right? I you mean, use, use our example when, yeah. when we launched Content Marketing World. And then we said, let's launch Content Marketing World Sydney. And yeah. then let's launch all these workshops. We realized, hmm, it is a smarter, more profitable move to focus on one larger exactly. event yeah. than right. 17 smaller events that, that put our resources in all these different directions. Yeah. So it, is it is it better to launch a new podcast or invest in one that's already successful? The answer is easy. Invest in one that's already successful. So they go through both these companies are probably have very smart business people at the, at the helm. And they say, OK, well, we've got these 300 podcasts and what if, what if we just focused on the top 50 and got rid of those? Oh, well, you know what? Our revenues probably go up a little and our cost mm. structure goes way down. Yeah. So what's what's bad about it? Now, you, you can make an argument the other way that you're getting all sorts of efficiencies by or loyalty or, or better buying power if they're uh, on uh, listening to seven of our podcasts versus two or whatever the case is. But if you just look at it from a number standpoint, you can make a really clear argument that less is more. And yeah. and we do the same thing in content marketing, right? When you go in and you do an audit for your consulting, oftentimes you will say, you know, doing these 11 things and being jack of all trades is not the right decision. Focusing on two or three and doing those really well will generate more revenue yes. with less costs. So, That's right. That's right. Because you're, 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 the overlap is so high, right? That you're just yeah. not getting the, you're not getting the best bang for your buck and you wouldn't lose as much as if you, you know, as if you just focused, right? Well, I mean, so. the, the, the thing is when we looked in, what was it really the t- 21 where money was just falling from everywhere oh, sure, to all right. these companies yeah. and they were just throwing money at everything. Well, that that's when most of these podcasts were acquired or started. The other interesting so thing to me, our decisions. Yeah. The, so. the interesting thing to me is, is that where they are launching new shows, they're putting it into the same feed. That's a new trend that we've, we've talked about before on the show, but it's a, it, you know, some of our favorite podcasts now have two, even three shows uh, in a week, but they're different shows, but they're, they're put into the same feed. So you, so basically taking advantage of the fact that you, you know, you're, when you're subscribing to a podcast, what you're really subscribing to is the creator and all the shows that they might create. Galloway Mm -hmm. is the perfect example of this, right? Where his feed now is, I don't know, I think it's three shows now. It used to be two and I think it's three now, but uh, I think it's, um, it's at least three, maybe more. 
that they yeah. have going on. But if you yeah. are you do you listen to Smartless with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes? Do you ever listen uh, to that show? I have listened to it. I'm not a loyal listener now. That's fine. Yeah, I, I generally look at the guests and see, but I think it's a great yeah. podcast. Well, they it's started this. Yeah, they started the Smartless Podcast Network or Smartless Media, whatever you call it, yeah. and they have five or six or seven podcasts now. And what they do is they do little trailers as separate episodes, and then they just launched one. It's a Rex Chapman podcast uh, around about the inside of sports, which is really weird because it has nothing to do with the Smartless podcast. But they put like a 20 minute clip of the podcast in the feed itself. So I think I mean, so yeah, I mean, it's so a smart usage of it. I, yeah, yeah. It's a, it, and, and I guess because of the way it works, you can make a decision like it. If I listen to Smartless and I see Rex Chapman's podcast come up. I, I have a good shot at listening to it, but it's not going to deter me from the next episode and not. So it's, it's, it's just interesting the way that works. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's fascinating. Yeah. That's, I mean, so there's the cross promotional aspect to it and then there's actually just sticking a whole show, you know, like you, you, you know, you, you, you put out your show, show number one on every Monday, you put out show number two, every Wednesday, you put out show number three, every Friday. And yep. you basically, you know, you you pick which one you want to. You've listen created to. the yeah. the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Have, it's a channel. You have, right? I mean, different which shows, is, which is interesting because that's really what a feed is is ultimately a channel, not necessarily a show. Um, we got wrapped around the axle of thinking of podcasts as you know one podcast, one feed kind of idea. Um, but it can be different. It can be it can be really different. And it'll yeah, be you know, I mean, to see people push the limits on that. So think, yeah, think about this. So we launched this old marketing in 2013. Yeah. If we knew that this was the way that was going to go, we would have just had this old marketing feed and you and I would have had our little separate podcast yeah, that's right. on this channel. Yeah. I'd have had Monday, you'd have fr- whatever the case is. That's right. Um, instead of now we have you know three different ones in essence, because you've got your, your CMI podcast one that you do, right? Is that a podcast feed that you do for that one? Uh, when you do your little, or is that no, just I do the news? I do the news. It's more of a video. We don't really release it as a podcast. It's just a live video uh, that we do every. I think they, I think they put it out every Friday. So every Friday okay. we do the, the do a, it's just a live LinkedIn live YouTube video thing. But see, I wonder if it does a yeah. So, but but if if this works, it might it may make sense at some point to say you take that and put that on a day. And I take content Inc and put that on a day, but it's, it's the, in, in this whole marketing feed, it's one feed. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, you know, I mean, we could still do that, I suppose. We could still do that. <laughs> so we're just, this is how we come up with business ideas, folks. Yeah. You know, you and I just had a conversation in Chicago in 2008. That's right. And CMI was born. CMI was born. <laughs> so who knows? There was, however, there was, however, an amazing steak dinner involved in that. I still remember that steak dinner. It was That, that was a great, good. that was oh. that, that I mean, that's the best place to get steak in Chicago, I think. Gibson's. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. I, and and we, we've gone back since. We have and, indeed. And taken a, a person or two with us. Yes. Yes. So. yes. <laughs> so, all right. Let's get to our last story here that we want to cover before we get into our rants and raves and whatnot. Um, this is just a fascinating story, uh, you know, and, and I know you didn't see it, but it was- I didn't it was, see it. No, I've been it busy. Was, Quite yes, um, you were playing golf in the rain. I was, yeah, doing, um, doing and golf stuff. Basically, yes, a Twitch streamer. Uh, this is Kai Sinat, <clears throat> the influencer on Twitch. 
He is charged now with inciting a riot. Uh, this coming to us courtesy, by the way, of CNN. Uh, but a, a number of mainstream outlets are reporting on this in New York. Um, basically, what happened was social media influencer Kai Sinat has been charged with inciting a riot and unlawful assembly after thousands of people gathered in Union Square in New York for a giveaway, leaving dozens of people arrested. Uh, and several police officers injured. Sanat, who has over more, 4 million followers on YouTube and over 5 million on Instagram, and I'm going to be quite honest to say I've never heard of this guy. I didn't, I didn't know him either. So. Uh, 6.5 million on Twitch said during Wednesday Twitch stream that he would be giving and hosting a giveaway Friday at 4 p.m. in Union Square Park. In the stream, he said they would be giving away computers, PlayStation 5s, microphones, keyboards, webcams, gaming chairs, headphones, and gift cards from a truck in Union Square. Um, feels like he was trying to do pull like a Mr. Beast kind of thing. Um, as he said, I feel like New York really deserves it. <laughs> and boy, did they get it. They got um, it. Because got people it, started gathering in. And the rest of the article talks about how there was probably some troublemakers that came to it because they came with M80 fireworks and they came ready to bash in car windows and then start fights and all sorts of things. And it got out of hand very, very quickly. Uh, the cops came in and, of course, and tried to break it up, made several arrests and, and all that kind of stuff. And so it, it, it's interesting because he's now been charged with two counts of inciting a riot. Uh, which is, there's all sorts of things to explore in that. But I guess the question I have when you start thinking about this is, as content creators, um, wh where is the responsibility? I mean, like, are we just, are we getting to it? Because I'm starting to see this more and more and more in much smaller things, you know, on TikTok, on Instagram Reels, on all sorts of things where, People are doing more and more outrageous crap to people who are unknowing or just out in the world in order to get the virality on their video, right? I mean, you know, stop, you know, stopping people in the street and accosting them with questions or, you know, or, or just acting really weird to see what people's reactions are going to be or, I mean... Have we gotten to a point where that level, I mean, is it going to get worse? Is it going to get better? What, I mean, what do you, what do you think about all this? If it get worse or better, I don't know how to answer that because yeah. I'm generally an optimistic person, but I haven't been on this show. Uh, so I think, <laughs> I think it's it's probably worse. It's interesting. I don't know what episode it was, but Scott Galloway talked about this where he when he started his newsletter and only had like 300 subscribers, he could say whatever he wanted. It's not going to make a right. big deal. But then That's when right. he got to 300,000, he feels a deep level of responsibility that he knows if he says something, certain people will take action. And, you know, when we, and know, by the way, acknowledge that it wasn't just him, that he needed other people to govern him. Right. In other words, he needed people to say to him, you can't say that. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And my, and, and the same thing with Kai, uh, where he, he needs people on his team to say, look, you, you can't just throw right. out a free-for-all in New York City or anywhere. Like, for example, let, let's talk about you and I, right? We've got yeah. a really nice following of content creators and marketers. That's right. And if we said we are going to CEX <laughs> or Content Marketing World and we were going to do a little giveaway, oh I'm God. pretty sure it would stay fairly tame. <laughs> That's right. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't get oh like off gosh. the hook as no, the kids yeah. as the kids say. Yeah, um, <laughs> they yeah. don't say that actually. Yeah. Um, 
But if we were a Dave Portnoy, right? And Dave Portnoy goes in, which he's done before, and he's had to watch himself where he says he's going to give free pizzas away in a certain city, it gets a little bit nuts. Um, so you get to, and I don't know what that number is, Robert. I mean, but you, you have to have a certain uh, level of journalistic integrity and a code of conduct that goes with it sure. when you get an audience that, that takes action. Um, and, and sort of, I think every one of us, you get to a point where, you know, you know what the numbers are or what, what, what's working, um, in content marketing world, when it really started to grow and get out of hand, we couldn't do some of the things we did in the past because right. you can do things with 600 people that you can't do with 4,000 people. That's right. That's so exactly it's just right. understanding your audience. Yeah. And well, and understanding the expectations as well as what, you know, those guardrails are, right? I mean, you know, you and I are, let's be honest, we're, we're, you know, we're, our hot takes are pretty hot takes. Um, and, and, you know, it, if, and when this podcast ever gets to the millions or, or larger audiences, those hot takes may have to be a little cooler, you know what I mean? Or they may have to be a little more well-researched or, or, you know, those kinds of things, because just like what Galloway said, right, it's, it's, you get to a point where you have to, you have to take into account that your level of influence has, there's a responsibility to that as well. And uh, that I think is the, it, it, there's no defining line for that right now. You know, this is not something that people are trained on like Kai or any influencer or, or YouTube personality or social media influencer. There's no school Right. There's no there's no certification program that says, oh, you're going to go through this. And so just know that this is, you know, and by the way, there is for a lot of people in, uh, you know, when when you are hired as a news anchor or you're hired as a as a person that's going to be giving the news or be on TV or they they go through training and and even the most famous ones go through like you can say this. This is what you can't say. This is the way you have to do this. They have producers that basically help keep them in line. There's that doesn't exist in the world of social media where you can, anybody can become you know a a a list quote unquote level celebrity. And so it's fascinating to me where we're just not trained to do this. By, by the way, we're not trained to do it at the consumer level either, right? Those people yeah. that I mean, there were certainly some that came with an eyeball toward trouble, right? There was some that just sort of said, I'm, we're going to take advantage of this situation and make mischief. Um, but a lot of those people were like, I, I want a free Xbox. You know, I want a free sure. PlayStation. You know, I just want to go down there and get my stuff, right? I, I'm a fan. I, I, you know, they probably earnestly went down there thinking, how cool that this guy's giving away some stuff and I'm going to go down and get yep. some stuff. And and, so, and and the next thing that will happen is is that Kai instead of hurt. doing no, but but Kyle Kyle do a will do a six city tour where he'll have a program and it'll be an event and he'll sell tickets and he'll have metal detectors going on and the whole thing and and that's great and sad at the same time. Yes, uh, but indeed. that's what that's what the next move will make because obviously Kai's got a great following and we will be able to gift his uh, his followers in that way, but it needs to be like Taylor Swift couldn't do this. Right. I mean, it would exactly be pandemonium. Right. Exactly. And she right. knows this, but she's, you know, but it's happened to her before. She's like, Oh, okay. Well, no, I need a whole team of event professionals around me to put this thing on. That's exactly because, right. Cause a regular concert creates earthquake an earthquake right. in, in Seattle or wherever it was. That's so. right. Well, it's here. She, I mean, quite, 
quite literally two nights ago, uh, as we record this anyway, two nights ago, Taylor Swift finished her eight-night sold-out show at uh, at the stadium. Down, I mean, it's crazy. That stadium holds 70,000 people. That's half a million people. More than half a million people went to... I mean, many people went more than once. I understand that. But basically, like half a million people saw Taylor Swift over the last eight nights here in L.A. I mean, it's just, it's just, just insane. I mean, wouldn't that be the, the math thing? on the ticket sales. It's just... It's insane. The, wouldn't that, the, wouldn't yeah. that be crazy that the thing that actually, uh, you know, takes part of California and throws it out in the ocean isn't a natural occurring earthquake? <laughs> It'll be Swift. Taylor Swift. It's the Swifties. Yeah. <laughs> they estimated it added more than $300 million to the local economy. I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's she insane. does. She moves markets. Amazing. Absolutely. She really does amazing. move markets. All right. Um, before we get to our rants and raves, we should probably thank our own ability to create amazing stuff and sort of give away free things. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my God, everybody run for it. No, no, no. We have to thank our our wonderful partners at StreamYard. Obviously, those of you that have been listening and watching this episode knows that we've, we've changed our processes a little bit and it's been so much better and so much easier because you and I can record this. First of all, we did 10 years of us not looking at each other. Now we're looking at each other live. We're recording it live and we've got the audio and the video files and instantaneously we can go ahead and share those on LinkedIn. We can upload them to YouTube. Uh, we've got the audio file that we can produce and upload into Libsyn and it makes everything seamless and uh, it's made my life a lot easier. And hopefully, you know, we're, we're, I think what's interesting is we're starting to see some positive effects in building audience because of it. And so it's just been wonderful to have StreamYard as yeah. a partner. And if you go to StreamYard.com slash the tilt, uh, you get a lifetime discount, uh, free trial and all kinds of wonderful stuff. So go to StreamYard.com slash the tilt streamyard.com slash the tilt. Uh, we wouldn't be talking this way if we didn't really believe in the technology. They've been great partners to work with, and we just want to thank them and and can't uh, can't recommend them enough. So streamyard.com, the tilt for your lifetime discount, which mm, feels amazing. Lifetime. A it lifetime feels like discount. Something important. That is that. I mean, that feels like it's a not lifetime. a 12 month discount. No. Well, that I mean, for, that's a look lifetime. At, for, if we would have signed up, <laughs> if we would have signed up 10 years ago for StreamYard, right. which wasn't around then, but we'd if have, it was, we'd we would be, be reaping yes, the benefits for 10 years. we still enjoying that discount. 10 years. 10 that is amazing years. And as I've said many times before, I am, you know, I'm a bit of an audio and video geek, and it took me a little bit of time to sort of get the settings just right Figure with it. StreamYard. But Figure it out. Once you, once you did, once, once it, you know, so... Just a little bit of practice, just a little bit of tweaking, just a little bit of figuring it out, and yep. now it's smooth as silk. And so now, and now we got to go. And people can see our wonderful faces. Yes, that's true. Which I'm not sure that's how positive yeah, or wonderful that is. We both have faces for radio. All exactly. Right. <laughs> Should have All stayed right. audio only. So yeah, we can make the case for audio only podcasts. There you but go. in this case, we decided to go the other way. That's right. All right. Let's get to our rants and raves. But before we actually jump into those things, we want to remind you, yes, as we've just been talking about, we've got all sorts of wonderful things, videos, show notes, all those kinds of things at our website, thisoldmarketing.com. You can also go there and subscribe to both of our email newsletters. Um, You've got our experience advisors in email newsletter. And then you've got, of course, Joe's Tilt newsletter, which is under kind of new ownership, but not really under new ownership. It, it really is under. I mean, I mean I'm still, yeah. I'm yeah. still on the He's tilt still team, there, but, but it is under yeah. new ownership. That's right. Um, 
with, uh, with and Lulu. And you can also Lulu. immerse yourself in the other 387 uh, hours of uh, chuckle-headed goodness there. And so, and of course, you can leave us voicemails, and we love those questions, the voicemails, the notes that you send us, the links that you send us to the Disney thing. All of that is great. So come over there communicate with us. Let us know what's going on in your world. Uh, send us a note, send us a voicemail and do all those things. All right. Uh, you're going to, I'm going to rant. Let me go. Mine's really quick. Okay. I, I, right. And I know you saw, I'll go, I'll go first. Yes. Uh, but um, by the way, um, we have our own, this old marketing uh, channel on YouTube, which is starting uh, to gain some traction. That too. Yeah, so course. a lot of people are still subscribed to the audio only version. They listen yeah. to us only on YouTube, which is fine if you only want to listen to us. But if you'd like to see us go to the, the it's just this old marketing on, on YouTube and check that That's out. Fantastic. Anyways, anyway. I had a chance and you've seen Barbie. I have I've seen, seen Barbie. Yes. I've seen Barbie. I just want to give you my, I want to get your thoughts. I want to okay. give you my thoughts. First of yeah. all, uh, impressive movie. I Very. was, I yeah. think the, um, what they did from, was from an originality standpoint is it was precious. It just surpassed $1 billion at the box office. Amazing. And one thing I didn't know, uh, director Greta Gerwig, uh, first female solo director to reach $1 billion at the box office. That's so right. I just think that's amazing. So a couple things from my experience, more than half the crowd wore pink. I wore orange. Uh, I felt like I fit in a little bit, but whatever. Uh, most people came in groups. And when I say groups, I mean groups of three or more. Yeah, that's uh, we're become not a couples. thing. Yeah, for sure. It is. And, and the vast majority of the audience were women as well, from, yeah. what, I, from what I could see. Um, and then also, I thought this was interesting. I had to look it up, too. It seems like a good portion of the audience were uh, like first-time moviegoers or hadn't been to a movie in a long, long time. Because you could tell, by the way, where's my seats? And, it, you know, oh, I've got a signed seat. So that's been around for a couple of years now and that kind of thing. So I, I went and checked it out. I found uh, a survey from the Quorum that said they did a research study that said a 20% of Barbie movie attendees can't remember the last time they saw a movie. Mm. So this movie is bringing people yeah, to the back. theaters yeah. that haven't done that before. And, um, you know, the, the last thing that I want to say and then get your take with it is um, a lot of people talked about the great marketing for Barbie and there's a lot of really good, and we've talked about a little bit on the show as well, but I think that, and I know this movie is not for women, but a lot of it was targeted to women. Of course. Yeah. Because Barbie was a doll that targeted to women. And because this group of people are very rarely targeted, and I don't think that Hollywood, and you know it better than I do, has ever understood the buying power of, of women targeted movies. And when it's done, it's done almost really well. And, and actually, the success factor is a way higher percentage than any movies that target men. Uh, I wish that would happen more often, and I would highly recommend going to the movie if you haven't seen it. So, yeah, yeah. that is my take. Uh, what do you? What did you think of the movie? You liked it? Well, I'll Love just. Cut, I loved it. I, I thought it was. I thought it was wonderful. Um, and I and the more I sit with it, I'm, the more I like it even even more. And I, just to speak to your last comment there, I think what the interesting thing is is that one of the critiques about movies that target women for the last I don't know forever. Um, has been, you know, it, it's kind of the equivalent of when you remember when Gillette came out with the sort of, you know, razors for ladies, you know, and it was pink, right? It's like, 
okay, no, this that's not the that's not the point, right? And so you get a lot of movies that are quote unquote targeted for women that aren't that that sort of play into the older stereotypes, right? So what I think makes Barbie so wonderful is that it's it's just a good movie. It's just it's just a good movie. It just happens to also be about you know uh, a, a, an empowerment of 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 women and 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 the way that um, you know the way that they're seen and heard in the world. And I I think Greta Gerwig did such an amazing job of balancing the nuance. Any man that is hurt, you know, butt hurt by this movie. Just need. Oh, to I check don't. Himself. I haven't been. I haven't been hearing anything about. Oh that. my I, god! It's all over the. Oh, it's really? all over the. Oh, it's all. Oh, I think it's that. You know, that's that's re- how, that's. It's well, just yeah, that, silly. That's completely it's ridiculous. just silly because that it's just it's just. I mean, it proves the point of the movie. To be honest, the, um, the the delicate nuance that she did, as well as the very pointed social commentary on things, is just so well done. Because, you know, you ultimately, and I'm not spoiling anything with this, you know, you, you ultimately get to a point where it's, it's not, there, there's no evil here, right? There's no evil. It's just a, it's just a, 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 a literally a, an absence of thought, like an absence of, 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 of forethought and carelessness and what has happened organically, both by men and women that have, that has caused a lot of this. And so it's just it's so artfully done. I just really really enjoyed the 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 cleverness of how it was presented, um, and just really yeah. I just thought it was really really. Have great. you seen and the, the music? Docu- is, and the music is so fun. Oh, it's I mean, so. And Ryan so, Gosling just steals the show. It's oh just, my god, the whole uh, Matchbox Twenty thing. Just, uh, oh, they're so, they're it. sitting around the campfire, and he. <laughs> and they're all. Sitting. But it's, it's so good. But what's but what's so great about it is, and again, this isn't a spoiler. You can find this on YouTube. Is the look, the way that he looks at her when he's singing, it is it it is so quintessentially like you know just this like this dumb boy thing. It's just you just go, yep, I've I've done that. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So so crazy. Uh, no, so, so real great. quick. So on my uh, LinkedIn page, Laurel Miltner um, gave the recommendation of watching the documentary this changes everything have you seen mm. this i have not okay well i'm halfway through it and i'm gonna have to watch it like six more times but it basically talks about how um at a very young age we are all shaped by what we are seeing in film and most of what we are seeing in film are m- men doing things yes. boys doing things. that's right very right. few. And re- what's really interesting is when you start seeing cartoons and Gina Davis, who has been doing some great work in this area, she did a research project and like they basically took all the cartoons uh, and they said, OK, how many how many female characters, how many male characters? And it's something like eight out of 10 characters are male right. and 90 percent of the screen time is by male. And even like I was thinking about Finding Nemo. They were they had a little clip like Finding Nemo. They're fish, but right. all the fish are boys and men. I mean, right. it's right. just crazy. So we get indoctrinated with this stuff, and and we need to be more aware aware of it. That hundred percent, hundred percent. When they're walking down the street, when they first come into the real world, and again, this isn't a spoiler. They, they're when Barbie and Ken are walking down the street, and and basically they're their first moments in the quote unquote real world, and Ken goes. I feel suddenly empowered and like I can do anything in the world. And Barbie's like, 
I feel suddenly like everybody's watching me and judging me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, yeah. It's so Anyways, yeah. It, you know what's interesting? It's, it has the, the long tail of the Titanic movie. Yes. Where it keeps going and going and going. and keep, I mean, we were in the th- it's th- what, three weeks it's been out or whatever. I don't know what it's been. Yeah. But it, our, it, our, uh, our 7 o'clock show on a Tuesday was sold out. Yeah. So it's, it's just interesting that they, this, this could be one of the biggest movies of, of all time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so, it's, it's really there great. You go. Um, right, okay. Your, your rant. I have a rant. Um, and my rant is basically on, I don't know whether it's, it, but I guess it's mostly to media companies, um, and lazy writing. Um, because, so I started getting this meme in my social media feed, which was basically a, a post of a blogger uh, who then got, it got reposted on, you know, in all kinds of newspapers and, uh, and, 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 you know, Business Insider and all sorts of, all sorts of other things about Zoom this week. So two, two news items about Zoom this week. The first was kind of innocuous, right? I mean, uh, but just really represented just lazy, lazy, lazy journalism and lazy writing and lazy research, um, where uh, basically the CEO came out this week or end of last week, basically made the news this week, uh, and said that employees have to come back to work. Um, and so the headlines across, if you just if you literally just Google search Zoom and, and remote work, the headlines across so many of the blogs and so many of the 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 mainstream media was remote work over era is over. Uh, Zoom kills remote work by the CEO demanding that employees all come back to work. And it's like, okay, really? And so we went and looked. You go and look, and and, and basically what the CEO has done is said, no, no, no. If you're Within commuting distance of headquarters, basically, within 50 miles of headquarters, he now wants everybody to come back to a very flexible hybrid schedule of two days per week in the office. That's it. That's the news, which got transformed into this whole, like, you know, Zoom, the quintessential thing that got all of its success from remote work is now demanding that employees go back on site, and how dare they, and how completely tone deaf of the CEO to do that. And it's like... Man, that is just lazy. That is just lazy writing. Couple that with something that may have been communicated a little ham-fistedly, but may not have been actually, which was, and this seems to be the bigger meme that's hitting my social media feeds, which is that Zoom changed their uh, terms of service. And what they changed their terms of service to was they, they initially changed it to the fact that you are, you know, when you agree to use Zoom, you basically agree that they can use the data uh, that you are generating to train their AI engines, right? So things like summaries of your, you know, your meeting, uh, and you know the things where you can get, you know, clips and all the all the new features that they're going to add that are AI driven. And this, people had a toxic freakout over, started posting it, and what they posted, however, is the screenshot was the terms of service section, which they subsequently, Zoom came out and updated it to make it a little clearer because it honestly wasn't that particularly clear, but basically said that they would fix it to say that, no, it's an opt-in. You have to opt-in to do this, right? You have to, you have to, if you're the administrator for your organization or you're the meeting organizer, you have to opt-in for this data to be trained. 
Um, and basically, you know, you, but, you know, I mean, so the, your, your users will be warned that their, you know, that their data will be used, et cetera, et cetera. And so two things happen was the, the screenshot that gets, that, that everybody's freaking out about is the screenshot that basically talks about the terms of service where it's 10.4 in the Zoom agreement, where they offer up the thing saying, Hey, Zoom, you know, when you use Zoom, you also give us the right to have a non-exclusive, license-free, royalty-free ability to redistribute, reformat, reuse your content in a way that, you know, makes the service usable. It's the same, by the way, clause that is in every single online service that you use, right? Go look at the terms of Instagram. Go look at the terms of Facebook. Go look at the terms of any Teams, Skype, Anything that you use where you put content in and it displays it back to you will have this clause in some form or fashion saying that they they need it. Legally, they need it. In other words, if I put my breakfast picture up on Facebook and I put my content up on Facebook, they need a license to distribute that content globally in order to not have to pay me a royalty for the content that I'm using. They need that license. They need your agreement to do that. It's part of their terms of service. People have conflated that and started to say, ah, this is them asking for something they've never asked for before. Of course, they've had that. That's been there forever. So the second, that's one issue, right? So that's that should be a non-issue because that's been there forever and they need that. The second part is using your data for AI. Yes, you may not like that. You may not want that. You may not need that. I'm seeing all these memes from healthcare companies saying, oh, this is, they're having a toxic freak out. We have to change from Zoom now. No, you don't. If your administrator or your, you know, your, your organizer, your company is using Zoom, they should have bought with it and basically negotiated a contract with Zoom that includes what's called a BAA, which is a business authorization uh, form, which basically makes you HIPAA compliant and gives you special compliance with regards to privacy and data. If you don't have that, that's on you. That's not on Zoom. Zoom yeah. already has that. Microsoft, by the way, builds in the BAA as part of their normal terms and services. And so the toxic freakout is coming from these people who are basically using this as a means of saying, oh, everybody should be afraid and not use Zoom because they're doing mean and untoward things. And it's just, it's again, just sort of lazy writing for me. And it causes all this fear in people who don't know, who people that don't, that don't understand it, and then and then they start posting around and saying, "Oh my gosh, this is this is gonna you know this is gonna collapse you know our ability to use Zoom, and we can't use Zoom." I'm seeing, you know, actors and writers put you know this is what we're fighting for with the WGA yeah. strike, and now <clears> Zoom <throat> is killing us. You know, I can't use Zoom in the writers' room anymore. It's like, yes, you can. You can just opt out of it. Don't train AI if you don't want to. Just don't don't use the AI tools. So anyway, it, my my whole rant here is that, and this we talked about at the beginning of the show is the sort of laziness and misinformation that goes around because either purposely or accidentally we don't do the actual nuanced research. I I don't know if I like that Zoom is going to use my data for AI or not. I, I kind of I kind of don't care, but it, 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 the point is, is that I can opt out of it. And, and as long as I can opt out of it, then it's not something that I'm going to have a toxic freak out over. Yeah. Oh, my God, the water is wet. Yes. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this all, it, it, it's happened yeah. more and more since social media and will continue to happen. And now that you're on TikTok, apparently, God, 
I haven't. I, I got my mid videos ready. I'm getting ready to post them, so I'm, I'm oh kind of excited. Oh my It'll god, it's well, gonna be fun. <laughs> I don't know if I can condone this selectivity, yeah, but well, you we'll let see. me know how it goes. Test. It's a test. It's a test. It's a to test see how of the go. emergency yeah. Robert system. There it is. Um, all right, what you got? Uh, what do you got going on this week? Uh, work, work, work. Just working on classes, working on content, working on stuff. Um, getting starting to get slowly ready for CM World, and yeah, enjoying the slightly cooler weather here in LA. How about there you? you go. Yeah, uh, the, this week is we're going to go see the Browns preseason game. Oh, right. Play. Well, there is football. There's tonight. There's, there's football. football too. Yeah, up. there's football. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, no, it's uh, gonna but be you good. got that. You got our Arsenal starting their season uh, this weekend. Uh, yeah. I mean, so it's a whole new and then we're going to a, the Guardians game in Cincinnati. So it's a it's a sports filled three or four days very very i love it i love it well maybe next week we can talk a little bit about football and see what's going on with i think well we we should do um we should do our preseason special we should we'll just do that see we just decided this is how we decide things folks next week preseason special there it is there you go okay (laughs) all right everybody well we will see you next week whether we do a special whether we do news or all of those kinds of things of course thank you for subscribing and following our little podcast show here and until we see you next week just remember everybody it's your story to tell tell it well. well see you next week on this old marketing